Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram Roadmap for Educators. One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life. In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, classroom motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better. We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. Have you ever found yourself with so much to do that you are overwhelmed and don't even know where to begin? Do you often feel that you're stretched too thin? In today's episode, we're going to talk about setting priorities and how asking yourself a few questions each day can lead to the clarity to help you take control of your life. Hey teachers, have you struggled to balance your work life and your home life? Do you want to make a difference and still feel like you can be present and purposeful in your life outside of school? Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers podcast. This is not your typical professional development. We focus on you, not strategies to teach content. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators with the passion, knowledge, and experience to support you as you navigate the challenges of our profession. Are you ready? Let's get started. Let's go ahead and set the stage. The first thing to know about setting priorities is that you need to align your actions with your values and your purpose. We say this is start with why. It's the idea that you live by design, not by default. And what do we mean by that? In everything that you do, in all of your actions, if you're living by design, you're making choices intentionally and you're aligning the things you do with the things that you value and your purpose for doing them. We have a way to get to that. Really, it comes down to asking yourself some questions. What is most important to you? What matters the most right now? What is best for me? And who needs me on my A game? And remembering that if everything is a priority, nothing is. You can't have your top 25 priorities because nothing rises to the top. How do you decide what rises to the top? You have to ask yourself, what's the most important thing? What are the important things to me? If you're not sure what your why is, here are some action steps you can take to help you answer some of those questions. First of all, search for a quote that inspires you and reminds you of what is most important in your life. So when you're saying, I don't know what's most important to me right now, or I don't know what matters most to me, go ahead and find a quote that inspires you and then really look at that quote. I know for myself personally, I have quotes on my office wall. One of the quotes is, be the change you wish to see in the world by Gandhi. And then right next to it is a picture and it says, everything shapes us. And I love those two right next to each other because they remind me that in my work, what is important is making an impact on people. It helps me to remember who needs me to be on my A game and what matters most to me. So find a quote that speaks to you. And that might tell you a little bit about your priorities and your values. 
Another idea is to plan out your ideal day, your ideal week, your ideal life even. I'm not talking about the dream of sitting on the beach with a margarita every day for the rest of my life, because chances are that is a fun vacation, maybe something that we love to do. But do you really want to sit on a beach with a margarita 24-7 every day for the rest of your life? Probably not. So think about that daily plan. Write it down. How would you like your mornings to go? Do you want your mornings to be calm and organized and efficient? Or do you want your mornings to be rushed and hurried? Think about your ideal day and then that week and then that month or that life. What are the feelings you want to have? What are the kinds of big picture things you want to happen in those days? That might give you some ways that you can think about these are the things that are important to me. And knowing that why really provides a nice filter for your decision making. So you can learn to filter your decisions through that lens of who you want to be and what matters to you, what you value. And a large part of that is protecting the basics. What are your absolutes? What are you not willing to give on? What has to be a part of your life? And that will tell you what matters most to you right now, what's most important. Go ahead and write down those things. Those are the things that are your basics that you say, these are essentials in my life and I will do whatever I need to do to protect these things. Then once you know that, you'll be able to eliminate non-essentials. It's really hard to eliminate non-essentials if you don't know what your essentials are. What are the things that are really important to me? And then I'll know which things are not as important and I'll know what I can cut out of my busy life. Now the research. What research would support that? The research that we find the most compelling is a book called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McKeon. This book changed our view on setting our priorities. Greg McKeon says that essentialism is not about how to get more things done. It's about how to get the right things done. And the graphic at the beginning of this book that really, really spoke to me, and I will try and describe this uh, using my words and not pictures, is imagine a sun and you have this circle and the circle is your energy. And all around the sun are these rays going out. Imagine them as little arrows going out all around the sun. And he basically said, if you have certain amount of energy and that's in your sun, your circle, and you've got all of these rays going out, the rays can only go out so far. But if you take out one of those short rays and add that energy to a different ray, that ray becomes longer. And if you take out another one of the short rays and add it, you get a longer ray. So basically by taking out all of those non-essentials that you're spending energy on, that ball of energy can go very far in one direction, in the direction of the things that are essential to you. If you're interested in this concept at all, make sure you get a hold of that book. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Take a look at that visual. It's very powerful. You may have heard the phrase that nature abhors a vacuum. That is very much in line with the essentialism idea. If you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. People will jump into your life and they will put expectations on you. If you don't have plans, if you're not organized, if you don't know what you want and what you're trying to do, someone's going to be there to be happy to tell you, here are some things that we would like you to do. And people who are good at their job. You understand this. The good get asked to do more and more. And before you decide, yes, I'll do that, you have to consider what will you need to trade in order to take on another project. 
If you are that person, you're thinking the good get asked to do more and more. That's me. Can you keep all the commitments that you have made and still have a good balance? Do you need all those commitments? Which ones can't you keep or which ones don't you want to keep? And that's really hard for us. We're people pleasers, but we need to be able to say we can't keep all of these commitments and let them go. And you get to decide what you want to keep or what you don't want to keep. And sometimes it's really hard to let those things go because you feel like you should do them or somebody wants you to do them or get this one. You feel like you should because you can do it. I was once in a service organization and I knew that there was more efficient ways that we could do things. Someone really tried to talk me into being president and running that organization. And I had to decide, is this something that I really want to do or is this not something that I feel Feel like I can take on. At the end of the day, I had to decide, no, this is not going to be something I choose to do. Even though I could do it, that didn't mean that I had to do it. Essentialism is not easy, but it's important that you really think about your life through this because if you are letting too many things take hold of your priorities, someone else is making the decisions for you in your life. That's when you feel like you're spread too thin. That's when you feel like you can't do it all. That's when resentment comes in. And sometimes you're resentful about all the things you have to do because you didn't choose to do them. They're just on your plate. Sometimes that's also a sign to you that you need to learn to say no. And it's so hard for so many of us to say no. But I believe that you can learn to say no with grace. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I am really honored that you think that I could be the president of this organization. But I just find that this is just a commitment I cannot take on at this time. Thank you so much for thinking of me. It's hard to learn to say that. Think for a second. What is it that somebody asked me to do that I just need to say no to? And how can I say it with grace? Michelle, I think you just did a great job of explaining a way that you can say, no, thank you. I really appreciate this. I'm not able to do this at the moment. or I'm not willing to do this at the moment. I can't take another thing on right now. One of the things that I always like, the idea, if it isn't a heck yes, then it's a heck no. Do you really want to do this? If so, you will be excited to do it. You will have energy in doing it. It will be fun for you, something that you will mostly enjoy doing. And if you don't really want to do it, you're going to drag your feet. You're going to be resentful. You're going to be angry. You're not going to follow through. And it will show that it's a low priority. So ask yourself, is it a heck yes? Or is it a heck no? I love that. I also love the idea of looking at a problem and deciding if it's actually your problem to solve or if it's somebody else's problem. I am a helper, naturally. Lots of people are. And we want to jump in and help sometimes. And this is hard to hear if you're a helper like me. Sometimes we think we want to help, but other people actually don't want our help. Their problem is not necessarily mine. Just because I want to jump in and help them with their problem doesn't mean they actually want my help. I have learned to be very mindful of not robbing people of their problems. It is something that we all can work on if we're helpers. A lot of teachers are naturally helpers and we want to jump in. We want to help people. But think about it. Is this my problem to solve or not? Sometimes you think that, oh, I have to set all these boundaries with people or boundaries around what I will do. And and you think of it as sort of like you're building a cage around you because you have all these boundaries. But it's actually the opposite. Have 
having boundaries will give you freedom because when you have boundaries, you know what you want, you know what you need, you know what's most important to you, you know what you want to do. Finally, one of the key points of essentialism before we move on to ways to apply it into your life is about knowing your deal breakers. And this is really important. There are certain things that are deal breakers that you need to put your foot down. For many of us, it's our families or our friends or situations like that that are absolute deal breakers. For example, Michelle and I were going to record this podcast at an earlier time and I had a commitment with one of my children. Maybe my teenage child didn't even necessarily want me there, but it was important for me to be there. So I had to say to Michelle, this came up with my family. I need to reschedule. And Michelle is a wonderful partner to work with. So it all worked out great. Sometimes people won't understand your deal breakers, but if it's a deal breaker to you, you need to stand firm on that. Dig in. Let's talk about some more tips to use the ideas of essentialism. The first one is the idea of less but more. Okay. Think about less and more. Is more better or is less better? And many times you'll be surprised to think that less is actually better. I will give you an example that I love that Greg McKeon talks about in the book Essentialism. And it's about your closet. I think many of us have this issue with our closets where we store our clothing. Think about your closet and you put things in your closet. Imagine what your closet looks like if year after year you put new clothes in, new shoes in, and you never take anything else out. You just keep putting more and more things in the closet. And now your closet's becoming overly full. Clothes are crammed together on the rack and it gets harder and harder to get dressed because either they're wrinkled or they fell behind something or you can't find the shirt that you want. The closet is really out of control. But now imagine this, other people start to put things in your closet. So maybe your kids or your friends or your roommate and then your colleagues are putting the stuff in the closet and the closet is getting fuller and it's beyond the point of bursting. You can't even go into your closet without massive amounts of stress. And that's the example of sometimes less is more and less is better. And in the book, he really ties it to this Pareto principle. And it's based on an Italian economist, actually, over 100 years ago. And it's kind of morphed into what we know as the 80-20 rule. What was originally about land, this Italian economist looked at, interestingly, 20% of our population in Italy owns 80% of the land. Isn't that interesting? And then people started to look at more and more things in life and going, wow, 80-20 seems to fit with a lot. What they found was that 80% of the effects come from 20% of effort. So go ahead and think about that a little bit. If 80% of the effects of things come from effort, but it only comes from 20% of the effort, maybe less and doing it better is actually more. And it just reminded me of the closet story too, because I would be willing to bet that of all the things in my closet, there are 20% of them that I actually wear on a regular basis. And the other 80% are filling up a lot of space, but not in heavy rotation. So that's really an interesting correlation there. It's also important to look ahead and plan ahead. That helps us to set our priorities. If you have a beautiful planner that you have bought but never actually used, you may find that taking the time to use it will help you in the long run. So really think about how can you put the effort in ahead of time to plan ahead to save yourself the overwhelm later. 
Another idea is to add 50% to your time estimates, and that creates a margin for calmness in your day. We often have the idea that we can do more in the time that we have, and we overestimate how much we can get done and how long things are going to take. So therefore, we're stressed and it takes longer than we expected, and now we're running behind. In the book, he gives the example of driving someplace, and it says, if you're driving to work and you can get to work in 10 minutes on a perfect day with no traffic and it rarely ever happens, but you did it once, then you think, oh, it only takes me 10 minutes to get to work, but really it might take 20. And if it takes you 20 minutes to get to work, but you only planned for 10, now you're behind. You're late for the meeting, which causes more problems. You didn't have time to set up your materials for your lesson. So now the lesson isn't going smoothly, all of those kinds of things. So thinking about adding some extra time to your time as estimates. And as you're talking about adding 50% to your time estimates, I'm going to suggest subtracting something. Subtract some of the obstacles from your life. Try and remove the obstacles as much as you can ahead of time. What do you anticipate might be an obstacle in your day that you can take care of ahead of time when you actually have a few minutes? I personally lay out my clothes the night before. I never know what's going to happen in the morning, getting people out the door. If I don't have to look and stand in front of my closet, it and try and figure out what I'm going to wear. That's one obstacle I never have to encounter in the morning now. Any obstacles you can remove will also help you to prioritize your time better. Another idea that we learned from the book has to do with multitasking. We are usually of two camps in multitasking. Either we think I am the master multitasker, I can do multiple things at once, or we've read the research that says, yeah, multitasking isn't really work. You can't do it. And what I like about essentialism, he says, well, you can multitask if one task is something easy and rote that you're doing. For example, you can chop vegetables while you listen to our podcast at the same time. You are multitasking, but you are not multi-focusing. Or if you're walking the dog, you can walk the dog. You don't need to think about that a lot. So you can be listening to a podcast. So that's an example of multitasking that works. But when you're trying to multitask with two things that require focus and thought, that is not effective. Another tip is to think about that essential work that you're doing. You can't do it without enough rest and sleep and play. We often think, oh, I'll fit that rest in later. I'll fit that time to play in later around my other priorities. We are not perfect on this. I'm working on the sleep part. (laughs) We're all working on these different components, but rest, sleep, and play are essential. And so we can't keep putting those off as non-essential activities. And my personal demon is play. I have to keep telling myself, you get to play. Another tip is that it's not humanly possible to be everything to everyone. No one has ever done that in the history of the world, been everything to everyone, and it shouldn't start with you. Every time you think, I'm trying to be everything to everyone, that is your trigger to stop and prioritize and ask yourself, who needs me right now? What is most important right now? Those questions we posed at the beginning, there's your trigger to ask yourself, who needs me right now? Because I can't be everything to everyone. And a big part of that that is really watching your casual commitments, those soft commitments that you unintentionally take on. Think about those casual conversations where you walk away and say, I just volunteered to organize the team dinner. How did that possibly happen? You can't be everything to everyone. Be mindful of those casual commitments, those soft commitments that unintentionally take up your time. 
And you get to decide because maybe it brings you great joy to organize the team dinner. Decide what is important to you. Choose the things that you want that align with your life, with your purpose, with your values. It goes back to something you said earlier, Michelle, live your life by design and not default. That'll bring us to the recap today. Many teachers live in a constant state of overwhelm, but it doesn't have to be that way. If you start with vision and purpose, you can learn to recognize and choose the essential things so that you can do the things that matter most. And we will end with a quote from the book Essentialism. Once you give yourself permission to stop trying to do it all, to stop saying yes to everyone, you can make your highest contribution towards the things that really matter. In true teacher fashion, we always end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to take one thing off your plate. We won't be grading your homework, but we'd love to hear how it's going. You can DM us on our Instagram page or our Facebook page or send us an email. And if you feel like you have too often lost control of your life, we've created a free guide for you, the Inspired Teacher's Guide to Taking Back Your Life. And it's available on our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com, and we'll link to it in the show notes. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers. Or head to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.